Welcome to the Guthrie America podcast. We sit down with the amazing people who are doing life in our community and who are from here because we believe every story should be told. I'm your host, Hetty Coleman. Today, I am sitting down with Lou Ireton. Did I say that right? You sure did. Great. Before we jump into this conversation with Lou, would you please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review? That can be on YouTube. We'll leave a comment on YouTube. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. Please do so. Uh, it would mean the world to me. Miss Ireton, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, students who you once had, and they see you now, do they call you Miss Ireton? Do they call you Lou? Do we start feeling, feeling ourselves? They, I have asked uh, them to call me Lou. Uh-huh. Uh, some of them can and some of them can't. So I'm just saying, <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. I just cannot yeah, bring Brent, myself Brent to Brent Hodge it. has a hard time with that. We're, Who's we go that? to the same church, Brent Hodge. Okay. And I, yeah, and uh, Greg Hudson <laughs> and John, they have a hard time Calling with you. it. But yeah, Brent, I keep asking, call me Lou. Yeah, it's, it's hard for him. He's That's like, okay. no, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, I didn't know Brent, Brent Hodge uh, was from Guthrie. I thought he ended up. Is that Jordan's husband? Yes, that's Jordan's husband. Yeah, no, I, I thought I, I thought he I ended up. Brent, yeah, he played football here. He was a great football player. Okay. Quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, he's younger than me, but I, mm -hmm. I for some reason, I mm -hmm. thought that he ended up here because yeah. of Jordan. Yeah. But, oh, he's from Guthrie. Yeah, he was, uh, if memory serves me right. He was in. Uh, he was a junior. The last year I taught, because I don't think I taught him as a senior. Oh, gotcha. But just loved Brent. Yeah, sweet guy. Seems like a really. I mean, I haven't spent a whole bunch of time with him, but he seems like a really oh, good is. young man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. So, uh, t tell us how those who have had the pleasure of knowing you the longest or the most or spent the most time with you, friends or family. How would they describe Lou Ireton? Uh, well, I hope my fan, I, I hope my friends describe me as someone who cares about them and loves them. I, I don't know what they think about me, but my family, you probably got a taste of that this week. Um, my family knows that I am, I need a plan. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, so my day to day existence month to month is, is on a plan. Mm. And I have to have plan A with the steps, this, 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 and this. And I also have to have a plan B in case there's an oopsie somewhere uh -huh. on plan A. And so uh, they know this. And so they know if my plan gets messed up, it messes me up. Uh, I, get, I get messed up. Really? And so I have two sons. One is somewhat like I am. And one is totally opposite. Okay. So my son, Greg Ireton, lives by the seat of his pants. And so he finds my way of thinking through a day strange <laughs> and worrisome. <laughs> and so when I was asking you earlier this week, okay, where do I go? Uh -huh, what yeah, time do I need to yeah, be there? Yeah. That was me. That, that was, was you. That was me. I need a plan. And so... Um, there was uh, in-service meetings for teachers are not the most fun thing to do. When school gets started and you go to a week's worth of in-service meetings, uh, you don't usually get a lot out of them. But one thing I got out of them, 
uh, helped me recognize who I was. Okay. And we had to take a, a, the speaker, had us take um, this long questionnaire, and you, you asked a lot of questions, answered a lot of questions about yourself, da 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 da. And then, depending on how you scored at the end, you were identified as either someone who was abstract random on one side of the, of the pendulum, or you were concrete sequential uh-huh. on the other side of the pendulum. Well, I was clearly concrete sequential, <laughs> as was Angie Crooks, who was sitting next to me. And I didn't see Carolyn Hinkie's score, but I bet she was concrete yes. sequential too. Yeah. Da 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 da. Uh-huh. Well, Janice Downing, French teacher, dear dear friend, uh, was abstract random, and that fit her perfectly. She was the one that was very impulsive, that would come up with all kinds of yeah fun plan things to do that yeah. were just impulsive uh-huh you know they didn't come with a lot of thought yeah <laughs> <laughs> now and do you so, over time have you kind of freed up a little bit or no as right not is has it got my, my my kids would say no i haven't i'm still the same <laughs> and i i probably was free after retirement for about 18 months okay uh just uh spur of the moment lunch dates with friends and uh, go to a movie. Uh, you won't remember these people. They were before your time, but Judy Merrill was a good friend that lived kind of close by, and we were sort of in the same spot. My husband was working out of state, so he was gone a lot. My kids were not at home, and so I was free. And I would call her up, or she would call me up, and she'd say, well, Lou, you want to come over and play? I said, yeah. <laughs> there was no plan no during the plan day. You... But then the grandkids came in 2005. Greg had twins, Carson and Cameron, a boy and a girl. Yeah. And they became my, um, they used up my time, much to my uh, glee. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever be a grandmother. And so it, it was, they were miracle babies. Oh, that's awesome. And so uh, taking care of them. And so planning out their day along with my day uh-huh. became the deal. So it still is. So yeah. I, I had 18 months of being abstract random, but most all of my life I've been concrete sequential. <laughs> and I think it's important for those who may just run across the podcast. The reason you're comparing yourself to these other people because they were also math teachers. And so yes. so we can kind of see this this Ms. being something. Miss Crooks, Miss Hinky, we were math. Yeah, math teachers and mm-hmm. kind of – and that's the way you go about – solving Just, problems is yes, boom 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 steps. yeah by mm-hmm. steps and so you kind of live your way so was that something before you became a math teacher like when you were younger were you that way or was that because of your <clears throat> your training and education and teaching math i would have to say it it was after i became a teacher okay uh, it might have always been in me yes. but i didn't like to put off uh, responsibilities. And so I kind of think that's part of being that way. I like to get things taken care of. So I didn't, I didn't put off doing my homework, you know, as a student. And so I, there probably was always some of that in me, but it became much more, uh, pronounced and obvious after I got into a classroom. Now, when did you know you were going to be a teacher? Um, I, 
I've often told people, I think it was around fourth and fifth grade, uh, might have been a little bit younger, because I do remember having class with my teddy bears and dolls and my younger brother. I had a brother two years younger, and bless his sweetheart, he'd come in and be the only live student in uh, Miss Wade's, my maiden name was Wade, in Miss Wade's classroom. But I didn't think about math until the fifth grade, and People think this is odd, but this was uh, maybe other math teachers had the same thing. I want in the fifth grade, you really bear down on fractions. Mm -hmm. I loved fractions. I wanted to teach fractions. So my brother Buddy and the dolls and the teddy bears, we did fractions. Why <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go? Here we go. Yeah, fractions. yeah. Um, so that was something that was always in the back of my mind. I loved math. I was fortunate enough to be in an accelerated math class at Taft. I had Algebra one in the eighth grade. And um, I loved algebra, loved it. I, I decided I wanted to be an algebra teacher. By that time, I thought, oh, I, I like this. Yeah. Well, along in 1957, the Russians launched Sputnik. I don't know if it's Sputnik. You, that was a long time ago, but it drastically changed the way math was going to be taught. Uh, a couple of college professors got together and decided we need to teach math differently because the Russians have beat us to space. So uh, they came up with SMSG Math, School Mathematics Study Group, or everybody called it New Math. If you ever had anybody refer to New Math, they usually did it holding their nose. <laughs> so... You get you didn't have a regular textbook, so my first introduction to new math was as a ninth grader in a geometry class, and you had a paperback, not a spiral notebook, but a paperback notebook. That was your that was your textbook. It wasn't a textbook though. The drawings all looked hand drawn, and the type face it it just looked like someone had just typed up a paper. Yeah, and it was in this book. Uh, I had a terrible time in that class. I made a B1 semester, which I thought was a gift. I actually went up to my teacher, his, his, uh, his last name was Crooks too. But anyway, I went up to him and said, are you sure you've got this grade right? And he said, oh yeah, you do. You did. You made a B. I thought, Phew. Uh -huh. <laughs> but the next semester I made a C. And what happened, it, it totally destroyed my self-confidence in math. Mm. It was gone. And what grade was this? Ninth grade. Ninth grade, okay. So at that at Northwest Classen, you could choose to stay on the SMSG route because it was, you know, you had I had geometry, ninth grade SMSG, or actually it was tenth grade SMSG because it was a year ahead. But you had eleventh grade SMSG, twelfth grade SMSG. Okay. I didn't want anything to do with SMSG. So you could forego that uh -huh. and go back to traditional math class. Traditional okay. algebra, traditional trigonometry. So, man, I couldn't sign up fast enough. So that was the route <laughs> I went. <laughs> you went back to the original? Back to the original. You know, you can have this new math. <laughs> uh, I had a great Algebra two teacher, uh, a great trigonometry and analytical trigonometry teacher. But the, the, the um, disadvantage of going back was I, there wasn't going to be anything for me in my senior year. There was no, because I had, I was in accelerated math, 
Oh, got you. So you so already a, you're a year ahead. I'd already yeah, and so there wasn't going to be any math my senior year. But I, I wasn't thinking about being a math teacher then. You just loved math. I loved math. Yeah. I uh, I loved algebra. So were you thinking? I of- didn't like geometry, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Richard, I, I went up to OSU, and my other love was history, and I still love history. So I thought, okay, teach history. That'll be good. Major in history. So for two semesters, I'm majoring in history. Uh, then after my freshman year, Richard and I get married. He's still in college. I met him when I was in high school and he was in college. He's still in college uh, training to be a history teacher. <laughs> so I was out of school for a year. I had Mark, our oldest boy, Mark. But to get back to school, I thought, this isn't going to work. I can't. We can't have two history majors in the family because it was just coaches, males, that taught history in high school. I thought, I'll never get a job. Yeah. So I pulled up my big girl pants and said, go back to math, Lou. Just go back to math. It scared me to do that because uh-huh. my confidence level was shaky. And I hadn't had any math since my junior year in high school. Oh. So I did change. And by the, now you went through By that. then, by, yeah, by now I'm a sophomore uh-huh. in college changing your major, you know, so uh, – those history classes, they did count towards my total hours, but they certainly didn't count towards my major. Mm-hmm. And I'd had a college algebra class because that was required. Uh, so I thought, it's been so long since I've been in, in trig, trigonometry. I, I took a trig class. I thought, I've forgotten too much. So I took a trig class. That was, a, um, that was actually a spring semester. And then that next summer, and I by now Richard's teaching school in Cushing. He's a history teacher in Cushing. And I start commuting to Stillwater. From Cushing. From Cushing. And I take calculus in summer school. Big mistake. <laughs> condensing calculus down yeah. into, you know, like eight weeks. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. I I did it. It was hard. And this time you have a child too, right? You have Mark. Yes. Yeah. I, I it was I had very little time to work on uh homework. Yeah. Uh and I was carrying full loads. I was carpooling with other college kids from Cushing. We had a carpool that went. And so you it was always interesting how we tried to get our college schedules to meld oh. so that we weren't yeah. there. From, have to wait around from our... 7.30 to 5 o'clock, you know. <laughs> so we would kind of get our college schedules going. But when I would have to maybe wait for somebody else to finish, I would work on my uh, assignments. And it's it's funny, during those years when I was in Cushing commuting, that was I met Jemily Patterson. Did you know Miss Patterson up at the high school? She's with my Yeah, so I had, Aaron, I had Aaron on. Yeah, okay. And Aaron, Aaron's and I, mom. Aaron and I graduated together. Yeah, okay. Aaron's mom. Well, Jim Lee would hang out hang out at the union at the same time I was. Uh-huh. And we and she had a Cushing, you know, connection and so yeah. she knew some of the same people I knew and that was the first time I met and knew Jim Lee. Anyway, that was just 
one of life's little strange things. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> Who would have known yeah. that we would have both ended up in Guthrie teaching that, at yeah, Guthrie High School? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when that did happen, who was there first? You or Miss Patterson? Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't know. We're the, I, I, uh, since I had been out of school for two semesters, I'm not. I think we graduated at the same date, uh, but I may be a year older. To tell you the truth, I don't remember. Who got to Guthrie first? I did. You start teaching right I, out of no, out of college? No, she probably she probably. You know that's a good question. I don't know if she got to Guthrie first. She probably did. If she if she listens to this, she's gonna be like, "Yeah, I got." Oh, okay. She's gonna be talking yeah, back and forth. My first year teaching. Well, Richard teaches two years in Cushing, then he decides, and I, and and my senior year. We moved to Stillwater because he decided he didn't want to teach, and he had gotten talked into selling insurance to 20-year-old college-age boys. <laughs> Obviously, they aren't thinking about life insurance at that point in time. So we moved to Stillwater, and we're living, golly, about three blocks away from the stadium. Uh -huh. it, it was fun living in Stillwater. So my senior year, we're in Stillwater. So I graduate, and he's selling insurance and I need to get a job that's close to Stillwater. It was hard to get into the Stillwater public school system because of the network of, of people that already worked there, you know, gotcha. that were professors yeah. and so on. Their children or grandchildren, yeah. you know, had a, had a network that they could use to get into the, I did into the school system. I did my student teaching there, but I, you know, there wasn't going to be a way I could get in. Yeah. So, um, I ended up teaching at Mulhall Orlando at MO my first year where I was the math teacher, seven through 12, so just mm, seven through 12, seven you... through 12, one math teacher. So I had a seventh grade class. I had an eighth grade class. I had an algebra one class. I had an algebra two class and I had a geometry class. You taught it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only year I taught geometry. <laughs> and Mulhar Land, of course, is very small. Yeah. Uh, and so my classes were about 18 to 20 in a class. The Algebra 1 class was very unusual. There were, there were close to 30 kids in that class. Really? My Algebra 2 class had eight. My geometry class had two girls. Oh, my goodness. So I taught a year of geometry with these two sweet, sweet girls. Uh, but that was very different. Yeah. You know, that was a different dynamic. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was made a senior class sponsor with another, with a one of the male teachers. And the first, the, what happens was the first day of school, they would get all the teachers uh, in the library and the, each class then would have a vote as to who they wanted for their their sponsor. Oh. This now this was just nine through twelve, the seventh and eighth graders. This this wasn't happening with them. And so the vote the vote is held and they, they would come in, they came in and they said, Well, Brett, you and uh, Lou are going to be senior class sponsors. <laughs> I'm thinking, whoa, well the librarian who was an older lady, you know, she had a lot of experience. She started laughing. <laughs> she said, oh, you don't know what you've gotten yourself into. <laughs> and I didn't, you know, it was an honor, but we were the young teachers, uh -huh. you know, so the seniors got first pick, you know, we were the young ones. 
Well, I was up there, and I loved the people up there, but boy, howdy, it, it, didn't, it wasn't user-friendly for my family. Mark was about three. Richard, uh, well, by this time, let me back up a little bit. About a month after I signed the contract uh, to teach at MO, Richard decides, I'm tired of trying to sell life insurance to 20-year-old boys. <laughs> so he said, I'm going to go back and, and find a job. Well, now he had to find a job close to Mulholland, Orlando, because I'm already signed the contract. Yeah. And it was later in the summer. So, you know, there wasn't much there. But he saw an ad in the paper that Bill Wagner had put in that they needed a social studies teacher in Guthrie. So he said, I'm going to go down and interview in Guthrie which he did, and he comes back home because we're living in Stillwater, and he said, pack your bags, Lou. I've got a job. We're going we're gonna to move to Guthrie. I've already got us an apartment, oh. and I've got a, a job to finish out the summer. I said, oh, wow. Okay. So, so when I actually start teaching at, at MO, we are now living in an apartment in Guthrie, and oh. I'm commuting from Guthrie to MO. And as senior class sponsor, you had to raise money, you were always raising money for the senior class trip. And um, so to raise money, you uh, you put on a play. <laughs> so we had to put on a play. We were up there, you know, every other night during this time of practice with the seniors and their play, dragging my, my three-year-old uh -huh. with me because Richard is now in Guthrie teaching. Uh, teaching and coaching two basketball teams, two junior high teams. So he's gone four nights a week. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Uh, at the, at the uh, local fair, the seniors got the, uh, the best booth at the lo local fair up there because they would get the most money. And so I remember traipsing <laughs> up and down the streets of Guthrie to the different uh, businessmen asking them for freebies because we had to have some free things oh, that didn't cost us anything yeah. to give away as prizes. Yeah. You know, they hated to see you coming. <laughs> yeah, they knew what you wanted. <laughs> they knew what I wanted. And then um, the juniors and the seniors split the concession stand money. That, that was a big money maker because that was just all basketball. You know, mm -hmm. that was the only sport there. And so uh, we – we took turns doing the concession stand at basketball games. So there I am again, going up Wildcat Curve <laughs> or I-35 to MO to run the concession stand. So uh, we had a wonderful senior class trip. Uh, was Mr. Pfeiffer a teacher when you were taught uh, science? Was there, Ms. Was, there was a Miss Pfeiffer. No, but uh, Mr. Pfeiffer, he was down at the, the ninth grade. Uh teaching yeah, science. No. Well, he was the senior that year. Steve Schwant, the vet here in town. Okay. He was a senior that year. Oh, gotcha. They were in that senior class. And so we went to Houston and Galveston to the beach. Uh, one of the neat things that we did, we toured the Astrodome. The Astrodome was only maybe five years old. So it was a big deal. Yeah. And I got to see Willie Mays. Oh. I, I love baseball. <laughs> so that was... It, I had a great reward at the end of the year, yeah. but it was very hard family-wise. 
I so, bet. I mean, you, you're you out. Your husband's out. And you know, I'm, you got and a I'm dragon of three years. I've taken Mark everywhere. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. the three-year-old wasn't going with Dad to the no, baseball games. No, yeah. Right. So yeah. um, I I resigned. I said, I, and I told him, you know, it wasn't anything against them or yeah. what I was doing. It was, uh, I loved the people, but I just needed something better for my family. And I had told I had told Richard because at this time I didn't know if I was going to be working in Guthrie or not. Yeah. I just said I'll work at the Ben Franklin store if it means I can be in Guthrie because yeah. I just the commute up there all the time was hard. So. So you. There was a I went down came down to, interviewed with Bill Wagner, and there was a seventh grade math, well let's just say seventh grade teacher opening at favor. So I took it, and I had two math classes, two geography classes, and a physical science class. Oh. So I what? I'm not even teaching algebra. You know, <laughs> it's more. It's more close. It's closer to the fractions uh -huh. that I had originally wanted to do. Fractions, decimals, and percents. That was seventh grade math. Yeah. I loved teaching that age group, though. I they were. Every now and then they would call you mom. They what, would forget. What year? What year was this? That would have been um, starting the fall of 71. Okay. At favor, seventh grade. Okay. Uh, and the physical science, <laughs> these, I'll tell you, teachers are just, you talk about rocks of the earth. <laughs> uh, they have to do so much with so little. Sometimes there's no helping it. That's just the reality. <laughs> uh so this physical science class was the one that I spent the most time on because I did not have a teacher's edition. There was no teacher's edition. So now, my teacher edition meaning the textbook textbook? Yes. Okay. So I had a textbook that was just like my students. <laughs> and so when I'm assigning problems and You course, gotta figure them out before. I've got yes. Uh, yeah. I worked more that year on physical science than any anything else. Because you're literally trying to I mean, just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you know no, all, like this, you you lean on the t addition. Right, this yeah. was uh, this wasn't in my wheelhouse. Yes, and I have a funny story. During uh, during that year, what was what was typically done was you would uh, make a kind of a long term assignment of a rock collection. Okay, so for the next two weeks or however long it was, uh, you're going to start working on your rock collection and you're going to make a a display. You know, and you're going to identify the rocks, you know, and it was going to be like a test grade. You, yeah. you know, you need to make it as nice as you can, get as much variety as you can. <laughs> so the kids start bringing me rocks. And uh, Lynn Taunts is teaching science next door. He's, he's the other science teacher. And so I said, Lynn, what am I going to do? They're going to start bringing me rocks. I don't know the names of these rocks. He said, oh, Lou, 90% of the rocks in in Oklahoma or sandstone, you know, uh -huh. it, it'll just say sandstone. <laughs> well, so one day a kid comes and he brings me a rock. It's, it's clearly not sandstone. It's not the color of sandstone. It's not sandstone. So I say, well, wait a minute. Let me go ask Mr. Toss. And I go, we were right next door to me. And I said, Lynn, what's this? And he laughed and he said, it's gravel. <laughs> Anyway, I got that was the only year I had to teach physical science. 
But I'll now, never forget that. Now you're at favorite this time. Is it has it been uh is it integrated or Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, uh Guthrie Schools integrated in sixty seven. Sixty seven, okay. Yeah. I, I thought it was, but I just wasn't sure. That's yeah, I just yeah, wanted to ask. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so and so seventh grade or what other grade was there? Because when just I was seventh. Okay, just Favor seven. was seventh. Okay. Junior high was eight and nine. High school was ten through twelve. Okay. Very very different. Yeah, very different. Uh, so I taught. And what was sixth grade? Uh, they were. Um, I think, if I remember right, fourth, fifth, and sixth were at Fogarty. Okay. Okay, because. Uh, I'm. I'm. That was a long time ago. Kindergarten first were at Central. Second and third was at Cotterill. Uh, I Ban think, Banner wasn't in existence at that time. Uh, take that back. At that point, Banner probably was. Yeah. Okay. I have a funny Banner story though too later <laughs> if we can think about it. But uh, they they had the cat. So my parents, my mom would go to a Catholic school across the street. Yes. Do you remember Mary's? that? No. Oh. Uh, it was on a uh, Vilas. Uh. Mm, was it where the administration building is now? No, it was it, it, Capitol. Do you know where food, God's Food Bank? Where's that located? Uh, God's Food Bank's on uh, Vilas and Third Street. You know where Hoboken is? Yes. Because that street, if you walked across the street and just kept going down that street, uh -huh. that's Vilas. Was there a, yeah, but was there a school over there? Yes. I'm assuming they always say, my mom and them always say, well, we went to school across the street to Catholic school. But I may be completely okay. wrong. I, I may don't be know. I may be butchering this. I, so. I don't. I don't know because the Catholic school to me was St. Mary's. Okay, even at that time. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But I taught three years at Favor, and uh, then I got pregnant with Greg, my my youngest, and I decided to. to kind of take a leave of absence while I was pregnant and not and not teach. Just substitute. Okay. Uh, I'll sub. Make yeah. some extra money subbing. Yeah. <laughs> There's some stories there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I, I'm laying out a year, and then the person that takes my job uh, as a math teacher is Rick Martin. Rick had been teaching uh, PE in one of the grade schools, and so he takes my position as a, as a seventh grade math teacher because by then uh, I was teaching mostly math during the day. Okay. Uh, I might have had one geography class, but mostly math. I went through three principles there at, at Favor. Anyway, um, so I sub. I'm. I have a few sub assignments, but I end up subbing so often for the eighth grade math teacher, Miss Sparkman, that they had to put me on contract. There was a some kind of law that if you teach X number consecutive days for the same person, they have to put you on contract. <laughs> so I started out just, you know, subbing for her. She was having a lot of health issues. Okay. And was uh, in and out of the hospital and, you know, but she was the eighth grade math teacher. So most all of the kids she had had been mine the year before. Gotcha. So that worked out well for them. I was getting more and more uncomfortable in my pregnancy. 
Mr. Bradshaw, as we were getting closer to, to Christmas break, he would just beg me to come. Oh, Lou, please come. I can't get anybody else. Would you please come? You know? I said, okay, okay, I will. But when Christmas break came, I said, Mr. Bradshaw, and I loved that man, I said, I really can't come back after the Christmas break. My baby is due the first week of February. I'm tired. I just want to rest up for that, and I'm just really sorry. I, it broke his heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but as it turned out, Greg came early the the second week of January, so I didn't get that much of a break. But then when he was about 10 weeks old, I, I did some subbing that spring. And so I was ready then to come back to work and uh, went to Mr. Wagner. I, you know, if is there a job opening for me? And he said, well, yeah, we're moving Rick Martin up to the high school. You can have your old job back. So I go back to favor, same classroom, <laughs> same job, and teach there three more years. And in the meantime, then, they're building the north wing to the high school, and they're going to pull the ninth graders up there and bring the seventh and eighth together at the junior high. Oh, okay. And I, I, I loved the, the seventh graders, but I really, really wanted to teach algebra. That was still where my heart you was. You were still trying to get there. So it was a long process in trying to get them to let me come out to the high school. But they, they did. And so when that new wing opened, I was going to be out at the high school. Well, the wing, though, didn't open until the beginning of second semester. Mm. So first semester, you've got these teachers that don't have a place because their rooms aren't ready. Yeah. They've been booted out of uh, the junior high and favor because other favor teachers went to the high school. Um, and so where did they put us? At Banner. Uh. Banner had been closed <laughs> down. It had, oh, it, by know, this time it, it had been closed. It, it, yeah. Oh, what year or is this? Maybe, or, or maybe that was the that was the year, the first year then, because that they probably moved those Banner kids uh, into Central. Oh, I bet okay. that was what was happening. Okay. Because everybody was moving up. You know, the because now um, the sixth grade moved to favor. Mm -hmm. My Greg mm -hmm. went to favor for yeah. the sixth grade. Yeah. So we we graduated together, right? Did What year did you graduate? 92. He graduated in 93. 93. He was, okay. He yeah, was with Kenny. Okay. 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 So th this was an experience. Here you've got a bunch of high school teachers that have been placed at Banner. I'm glad that he didn't graduate me because he'd have been like, you don't remember graduating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I have to put people, my students, I have to put them in, in year slots. Yeah. What year did you graduate? Yeah. You know, who did you run around uh, yeah. with? I'm trying yes. to figure out That's when right. did I know you. <laughs> yes. But uh, so it, the, the North Wing had been built to have ninth graders there. <laughs> they were going to try, in their wisdom, to keep the ninth graders separate from the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth graders. Uh -huh. So you had you were going to have ninth grade teachers, and then you were going to have ten, eleven, twelfth grade teachers. Yeah. Okay. The ninth grade teachers, our principal was John Haney. Tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade were Richard Watts. You know, they had a ninth grade library, which was uh, that first big room when you. Uh, 
when you leave the gym going into that north wing, when there's that room the there. That was the library. Can you okay. imagine having a separate library? Yeah, no. I, I don't know. I don't think this was a well thought out <laughs> plan. It didn't last that many years. I was going to say, how long did it last? Not very many years because you've got ninth graders having classes with 10th, 11th, and 12th graders, like in foreign language, mm. you know, in band. And, yeah. you know, they, they were going to be mixing. Yeah. They might not have English together or math together, but there were a lot of classes that they were going to have together. Go, yeah. So how did they do this? You've got teachers, both foreign language teachers are at Banner. I'm at Banner for two hours a day. You've got English teachers over there. You've got, but you've got these two foreign language teachers over there. And you've got high school kids that need, need to be to go over, over there. there. Yeah. And you've got ninth graders that need to be at the high school, you know, for the, for these like yeah. band and other elective kinds of things. So every hour, a, a bus would leave the high school with kids that need to be at Banner. And then the kids that are at Banner hop on a bus, go to the high school. And so this was going like this. Every hour, you had kids moving yeah. back and forth. Uh huh. Well, I'm a teacher that had both high school kids and ninth graders. I'm at the high, I'm at the banner for the first two hours of the day in the music room. The they brought in a rolling chalkboard, <laughs> you know, about like this. Yes. And so I have two algebra one classes, first and second hour. <laughs> And then I have to hop in my car after second hour and rush to the high school. I don't have a classroom in the high school. I'm a floater when I get over there. And the, the first room I come, I have to be in is a science teacher's, Miss Niven's room. And so she had to sit and babysit my Algebra two class my, <laughs> until I could get there. Yeah. And then I floated. Uh, but it was funny at Banner just visualize these adult teachers and these high school kids at Banner doing things on the board that <laughs> that are kindergarten high. Yeah. You know, they're down here. Yeah. Uh, you go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet, <laughs> and you're practically sitting on the floor. <laughs> I mean, the, those yeah. teachers that were there all day, every day, they have a thousand yeah. stories yeah. about that is teaching pretty amazing. at Banner. Yeah. <laughs> but so we end up then in the fall uh the, the let's say it would have been 70 the second semester in in the winter january of 79 moving out there gotcha and so i but i'm still floating i don't have a room <laughs> I, I just yeah. floated that first yeah year the first out year out there yeah. Yeah. That is pretty cool. I did not know any of that. And and I got a little bit of history on the school changes and, and yeah, things like that. Was, and, of course, now we do the neighborhood schools. So I've, I've been yeah. able to see that, yeah. which has been really cool to kind of see how those things go. Yeah, eventually, of course, they realize this doesn't work. And they, uh, and they also then decided to departmentalize. And so they put all the math teachers in that new North Wing. And mm. so I'm moved i think that's how it was when i was there yeah i it was all math teachers yeah. I, it's not i don't think it is now but anyway then all the math teachers were there all the social studies teachers then they had built that south wing yeah uh-huh the social studies teachers were down there now see i didn't know this until just the other day when i'm sitting I'm, i was talking to 
I'm I think you're talking to Leslie. Were you yeah, talking to Leslie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I listened to her yes, part. Yeah. Yes, I was like, oh, I never, even yeah. though I was there, I didn't pay attention yeah. to that. Like, oh, they got it structured in a way that yeah. all these particular so departments. So trial and error, they finally kind of got it got it right. Yeah, but yeah. It just takes time, you it know, took time. and it takes things time. Things had to be tweaked. And, yeah, yeah, things got to be tweaked, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of the way life is for us. Now, in all of these moments that you have, do you have some favorite teaching moments, like, some a couple of that you could, you can share. What are some of those well, favorite? You know, you have all kinds of teachers' moments. Some of them that uh, are tender to your heart. Some mm-hmm. of them that make you really laugh real loud. Yeah. Some of them that make you think, "Oh, that you know, I'm so glad I was here to see this or hear this." Some kid that got something right, yeah. you know, and yeah. you just you're there. Uh, I had two of them that I thought I would share. One with me in the classroom, and one happened outside the classroom. Uh, Eric Coleman. He's in my calculus class his senior year. <laughs> I'd had him the year before. Uh, I had lots of kids was twice. It, did he have a trig the year before? Yeah, he yeah, would have had. Uh-huh. You know, that class went through all kinds of names. It started out Algebra three with trig. Okay. Uh, then Mr. Watts wanted it to be... Um, he wanted a semester of analytical geometry, so it was analytical geometry and trig. Uh, then they, no, let's call it math analysis. Oh, okay, we'll call it math analysis. You know, then, oh, no, let's call it pre-calculus. Oh, okay, we'll call it pre-calculus. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, it went through all kinds of names. I'm pretty sure it was trig because it intrigued me that he was taking <laughs> trig. I'm like, trig, what is that? Yeah. 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 So I never took trig, by the way. Uh, so. <laughs> I, I had fun teaching trig. It was probably one of the most fun things, teaching trig. But anyway... Yeah. He was in my calculus class, and um, they are sitting at their desk. You know, we've I've done the lesson, everything, I've given them their assignment. They're sitting at their desk, and they're doing story problems, word problems. If if you're like ninety nine percent of the population, <laughs> you, the last thing you want to do is a story problem in the math class. Uh-huh. Anyway, so they're doing story problems, and it's all it's real quiet. Eric sat about, uh, he sat kind of straight ahead, but maybe two or three rows back. Uh-huh. It's real quiet. And I'm up at my desk doing whatever I was doing. And Eric says, oh, now I know why engineers need calculus. <laughs> just thought, yay! <laughs> yay! <laughs> Everybody just looked at him like... <laughs> He had been doing a problem that he could he could relate, and of course he becomes an engineer. Which yeah. Is, uh-huh. I had him come come and talk uh, to Greg's trig class, my Greg's trig oh, gotcha. class, and share about uh, what made him want to be an engineer and what did he have to go through and what why he chose the kind of engineering he chose. Uh-huh. He was a great little guest speaker. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I loved that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the because ones that make you feel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, from the parents. Yeah. Oh well, I never could do that, or I never understood that, or you hear it from your kids. When will I ever use this? You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And truthfully, maybe a lot of times you're not. Yeah. But I had I'd had adults call me over the years with a math question. <laughs> <laughs> I had my hairdresser, Bill Reed, at the time. Bill. Bill was your hairdresser. He was okay. Uh, he was my hairdresser at the time, and he he called me up and he said, "Lou, I know there's a formula for this somewhere, but I'm trying to find the pitch of my roof." 
and he said, isn't there this Pythagorean thing? I said, yeah, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's what you're trying to remember. Yeah. And so helped him figure that out. And then another man who had a plane. Uh, I had taught uh, his kids, and he called me, and he was wanting to paint his plane. Uh-huh. And I guess he was trying to figure out how much paint to buy. Yeah. And so he said, uh, I need to paint the wing. And he said, isn't there a formula for me to figure out what's the square feet or squ- square inches uh-huh. of this wing shape? And I said, yeah, there is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> you know. So sometimes you do need your math. <laughs> But you just call you, or now, or now they just Google, do they? Now they just Google it. They Google it now. I've lost all relevancy. What do you think about that? As a as a former teacher, you're always teach. Once a teacher, always a teacher, right? But now, with this access of AI and Google, and how is it's going to really change how I would imagine how we approach education? At it some does. point, what what does that do for you? Are you one of those people who can embrace things like I, that? Uh, or? You know, with technology, there's a lot of good that has certainly come through technology. Yeah. And it does make it easier to find solutions, you know. Uh, but it's taken, the, it's taken the personal aspect out of it, and I hate that. Mm. I, I don't like it. And I, just as a for instance... I, when, Car- when, uh, when Greg's kids, do you go through your kids' names when you're trying to name one of them? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, when, Gre- uh. you know, when Greg's kids started school, they started at St. Mary's, and I, I volunteered. I would go there once or twice a week and try and be there during a math time, okay? Well, one, of course, they had smart boards, and... Uh, one of their teachers was really sweet and, and let me teach them a lesson, something that I would like to teach them a lesson. So I'm up on this on the smart board, which is yeah, <laughs> right over, uh, yeah, yeah. over my head. Yeah. It's really. not your overhead. Uh, no, it's not my overhead. And it's not a chalkboard. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, there were lots of advantages to it. But what would have hurt my teaching style uh was I, I loved having chalkboards all around the wall because when we were uh, checking over our homework assignments and kids would have questions, uh, many times I would have a student put, did, you know, who got this right? Who would like to come put this up on the board for us? And so I said, okay, all right, we need to have number one and number five and number seven put up. Who wants to put up number one? Okay, so and so. And so, and so I'd have kids putting their problems up on the board and then you know, kind of explaining it yeah. to the kids that had trouble with yeah. it. You know, you can't do that with a smart board. Yeah. It's one, it would be one kid at a time and that you would lose too much time. Yeah. So, but my other story, uh, outside of the classroom and it only happened because I was a teacher. Uh, I had a very good friend. Her name was Marilyn branch. Uh, Miss, she passed. She, she's passed away. Yeah, but what did she? Uh, I knew her from. Les Leslie was her daughter. Leslie Branch Reinhardt. But what did Miss Branch do? Like what? What was her occupation? She was she was a homemaker. Oh, she's a she homemaker. was a homemaker. Okay. okay. Um, her husband 
until he retired, he had a, a gas station okay. in, in town right across the street from the uh, Baptist church. Anyway, Marilyn was very active with uh, foster kids mm. here in the, in the city and in the county and the Logan County um, Youth Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a lot of wonderful stuff behind the scenes in helping people and helping kids. Well, you know, they have, and I, and they, I think they probably still do some groups would have a Christmas tree with, or they would have at the, at that time, they knew who they could call on and say, all right, we have these two foster kids. This is what's on their list. Mm -hmm. You know, like they could have three choices of what they would like for Christmas. Yeah. And then someone would come and provide those. They call them an angel tree now. Like they call them angel trees now. Well, Marilyn had gotten hold of two, uh, two high school kids, two brothers. Uh, one brother, the younger brother, had his little list of three, and the other brother had only one thing on his list. He was a football player at the high school. He had made All-State, and he wanted an All-State jacket. Mm. They were very expensive. Yeah. You know. Well, only because of my relationship with Marilyn, she called and she said, Lou, uh, this, this kid, and, I, and right now I hate it that I can't remember his name. Uh, he, he wants this Allstate jacket. I want to get him an Allstate jacket, but I want to make sure it's legitimate, you know, that he really did earn Allstate. Oh, okay. You know, that he wasn't just <laughs> saying it. Yeah, yeah. So I thought you were saying she wanted to make sure the jacket was a legit Allstate jacket, but she said well, that, that make sure too, he, yeah, but she yeah. wanted to make she sure the kid was make yeah. sure the kid was legitimate. Yeah, I said, that okay, makes sense. Yeah. I'll call Earl Sykes. Yeah. Earl, Earl was the athletic director at the time, and I said, is so and so, is he you know a legitimate Allstater? Because there's someone that wants to get him a jacket for Christmas. Oh yes, yes he is. And I said, okay, great. Well, before I get back with Marilyn, my one, I, you, you love all your kids. Some of them you have more of a, yes. a relationship with or more interaction with. I had taught Neil Galbraith in Algebra two his sophomore year. And throughout several of those years at, at the high school, you could have an aide, a teacher's aide. And it was helpful to have an aide to go, you know, when you couldn't leave your classroom and you needed to take this to there or there or go run the this The teachers off. had teacher's aides. Yeah, we had a teacher. Aide. Oh, okay. I knew about office aid. I knew Yeah, no, I had a teacher. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't have any for several years near the end, but there was a period of time where you had teacher's aid. Well, I asked Neil his senior year, would he be my teacher's aide? Yeah. So Neil Galbraith is my teacher's aide. Neil was like a three sport all stater. Yeah. And he had all stated also in football. And I knew that it probably would be difficult for his family to come up with a, getting him an Allstate jacket. And so bless Marilyn's heart, I said, Marilyn, you know, this kid is legitimate. I said, but do you think you would have it uh, where you could get another one? And I told her about Neil. Yeah. And she said, oh, sure. You know, I knew she, she would. That's just that's Marilyn's yeah. heart. And so she ordered them, and she called me. She had two, two of them ordered. I said, Lou, I don't know if they're going to come in before Christmas. I said, well, whenever they come, you know, it was supposed to be a Christmas present. 
Well, we always celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve, my mm-hmm. family. So we had finished celebrating Christmas Eve, opening presents with the kids and everything. And it's it's late, you know, it's dark outside. And about 8 o'clock, I get a call from Marilyn. Lou, only one jacket came in, and it's Neil's. Do you want to go with me, and we'll deliver it tonight? I said, are you kidding me? Yes, because Neil did not know this was happening. Yeah, yeah. And so she picks me up. We go up to Neil's house. I knock on the door. His, I think it was his brother that came to the door and said, Neil, there's someone out here that wants to see you. And it's pitch black outside. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, they've turned on the porch light. And I said, Neil, I said, do you believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> and he's looking at me like, <laughs> I said, I want you to come meet Mrs. Santa Claus. Uh-huh. Because Marilyn's sitting in the car. And so I come out and she rolls down her, her window. And I, I said, Neil, this is Mrs. Santa Claus. And she's got a present for you. And I pull out this great big box. And he opens that box. Oh, my goodness. I wish that had been on video. Yeah. That was a, such a, you talking about one of the high points of being a teacher. And it was yeah. because I was his teacher that I would have even been there. Yeah, yeah. But it, 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 it's pitch black. And the, and and Neil's little skin just blends right in with the black. Yeah. But you can see this big old smile on his face. I have a picture of it in my book. Oh. <laughs> Marilyn got out and took a picture. And so Eric's little thingy and this that Christmas Eve present for Neil. That is so cool. That's two of the big high so points. So in that kind of, in that kind of situation, when you talk about the new way education is probably going to go with it, you don't get the you don't get as much of that, right? Uh, you mean about how it's changed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and of course, COVID did a horrible thing for kids and yeah. teachers and the lockdowns and, and everything. Um, I just think there's a lot of, in the technology, there's a lot of personal time that gets left out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's a sad thing. Yeah. Yeah, I I, lo- I love teach. So whenever I, I get to go speak at different places, sometimes and oftentimes I get to go to schools or go to an in service mm-hmm. teacher professional whatever, and uh, I always tell teachers I was like I love education. I mean I love that you teach people, but what I think teachers get that great opportunity to do is invest in students. Like that's what a big. You, that's the like what you did with Neil and. You know, I think I, I say mm-hmm. you all are more leadership development. Like you kind of help create these kids who get to go out in life. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's not even about the math or whatever, but mm-hmm. just to be good, just to be just good people. Good yeah, to be good, good citizens. Moms, yeah, good, dads, good moms, good, good dads. Mm-hmm. And I think teachers mm-hmm. play a big part in that because of the, all the mm-hmm. hours that are spent and, uh, and all those things. So, yeah, you uh, used a great word creation, creating. Yeah. That is what it, a lot of it is like, is trying to help them yeah 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 no <laughs> you know? for sure for sure that's that's what i remember most about teaching. i mean i think teachers have to focus more on just trying to get me disciplined than, than teach <laughs> yeah. me anything so it's more yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh-huh. the edu- maybe that's the reason for me it's like yeah the edu- well, i figured everything else out for the most part but um in, in that just kind of being around guthrie what are some of the your favorite things outside of just being in the classroom uh, to me i feel like you're a teacher's teacher like you love teaching like you love, love the classroom. Teaching. When I hear mm-hmm. you've probably been mentioned more than any other person that oh, from the from the from oh, me sit down with people. Oh, like you've been one of those people that well, people 
in that. But what outside of Guthrie, what do you Outs- enjoy outside doing? Outside of the classroom. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the connection, though, is a classroom connection with parents, mm-hmm. with kids, with the events that have gone on in their lives. You know, you 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 have students that lost a parent the year that you have them, you know, or um, have been sick. I taught one kid. He had mono at the first of the year. Had him in my trig class. So he's missing like the first six weeks of school. He had a twin brother. And um, that was interesting. He's at home and I'm at school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm teaching him anyway. Um, when we came to Guthrie, uh, it was the last place in the whole world that I ever thought I'd live. Mm-hmm. God does have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. As a city girl, when I was going to Northwest Classen, uh, Guthrie didn't have a good reputation. Mm. I was aware of, and that that's just within my sphere. Yeah. I was aware of the 89ers Day celebration and parade. And in my sphere, people would say, oh, you don't want to go up there. That's dangerous. Mm. You don't want to go up there. You know, so I didn't have a an easy feeling just just because of that kind of a comment. Yeah. And then when we lived in Cushing, Cushing and Guthrie were... Yeah. I mean, those were the... Uh, you talk about your main rival. Yeah. Cushing's main rival was Guthrie. Oh, I wow. don't know if Guthrie felt that way because we were... Yeah, yeah. Guthrie was small school then. Yeah. You know? And so for me to end up in Guthrie... <laughs> You know, after coming two years in Cushing, what, what am I, what are we doing here? Yeah. Guth- well, we need a job, so yeah. here we are. <laughs> um, you know, and Guthrie was, you know, kind of a poor, didn't have a big tax base. Mm-hmm. Um, the buildings mm-hmm. looked kind of shoddy, mm-hmm. you know. I just thought we would be passing through. Yeah. You know, well, we'll get on our feet financially and we'll kind of, you know, we'll go elsewhere. It was also funny that I end up in these small towns because I was a city girl. I never would have thought I would have yeah. been, enjoyed being a small town. You couldn't get me back to a city for anything. Yeah. I figured that out, though, pretty quickly. Uh-huh. That, wasn't, that wasn't a slow learner kind yeah. of thing. I, well, when they started investing in the buildings here, you know, the federal government had grants. Mm-hmm. And the, the men and women that saw the value in applying for those grants and fixing up these old buildings and taking off the false fronts and everything and making it what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was huge. Yeah. And it gave, I think, the community many reasons to be proud. Mm-hmm. Look at what we have here. Yeah. This is really unique. Yeah. Um, but more than the buildings, it's the people. And I have, um, I may cry. In 1986, the night of the day that the Challenger exploded, mm-hmm. yeah, my husband is is by now he's a landman. He'd got out of education in the spring of '79, and he's he's been a landman and on the road. He was in McAllister and calls me up. It was like 9:30, 10 at night, and he said, "Lou." I'm in the emergency room. I'm. They tell me I'm having a heart attack. I said, oh, well, 
So he has this heart attack, uh, get him home, and he's recovering from that. And about six weeks after he's had this heart attack, our oldest son, Mark, starts having health issues, and he's a freshman at that OSU. And it turns out that he's diagnosed with cancer. So he has two surgeries and starts chemotherapy. Well, when you're a landman, like Richard was, if, you, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. And so he's recovering from this, and the, the landman work was kind of spotty that year in 86. And he, he does get to do a little substitute teaching mm-hmm. up at the high school to kind of finish out the year. But through that summer, Mark is undergoing chemo, and I am with him and taking him and being in the hospital, so on and so forth. Well, I drive through my bank one day while all of this is going on, the spring of 86, and I, I see a flyer, which I have in my notebook, a flyer that has Mark's picture, and it talks about what Mark's going through mm. and what our family's going through, and someone had set up an account. It's like before GoFundMe, mm-hmm. and it's sitting there on that drive through window. You didn't know anything about it. I didn't know see. anything about it. I just happened to be going to the bank. You know, I was. I didn't find out for several years who put that, who started that. Yeah. Uh, but it over those months before until Richard got back to work, which was in the fall of '86 when he started getting back to, into work, uh, that account probably pulled in nearly two thousand yeah. dollars, which helped yeah. make ends meet. Yeah. Because we were just doing the teacher's salary, yeah. and we had medical bills coming out our wazoo. So the community of Guthrie did that. Two of our ex-students, John Hatfield and Scott Brewer, got a benefit dance together at the American Legion to raise money mm. to help us. I bowled for like 10 years. I loved bowling. We would put uh, like a nickel and if we got a, a double, a dime, if you got a, oh, a three in a uh-huh. row, you know, if you broke, if you uh-huh. did certain things, we'd have a little kitty. And at the end of the year, the, the five of us would split up our kitty, you know, from from this. Well, this was the spring, which was generally near the, the end of that time when we would split up the kitty. Esther Wainer came up and gave me the kitty, the whole thing. And Carolyn Hinky got the teachers together. And I remember Carolyn and Helen Baker coming into my classroom because mm-hmm. I was still having to go to teach yeah. while Mark's recovering from surgeries. And they had collected money from all the teachers. And I remember Helen saying, well, Lou, you're going to have it. You know, Helen was no nonsense. You know, you're going to have expenses. You know, you're going to be eating out a lot. So here, you know, Take this and let this help you. It's the people of Guthrie, Greg. Yeah. And it, you know, they helped me. I've got a, a testimony to that. And it wasn't just the money, but that it was just the thoughtfulness wow. yeah. Yeah. behind all of it. And it's the people of Guthrie. And you see Guthrie people doing that all the time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you see him helping the homeless with the yeah. Hope House. Yeah. The needy down at the hands of Jesus. It, it's the people of Guthrie, and some of it is totally unknown. It's yeah. all in the background. Yeah. You don't see it. I, you know, I see it in the background of my church at yeah. First Southern. Yeah. How people help your your yeah. uh, congregation. Yeah. How they how they help. It's the people of Guthrie and how we have each other's backs. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. We have each other's backs, and I I we had determined at some point in time to raise our kids here. We didn't. It wasn't just a pass through place. <laughs> Uh, and we've never regretted. You've been here how long now? Well, we moved in the summer of 1970. Yeah, yeah. Came here. That's so. That's incredible. How long have you been retired now? I retired in spring of 03, so this is the 20-year Oh, my goodness. I can't believe how fast it went. What I, have you been doing for 20 years? Well, to you know, for, your... 18, for 18 months I played. <laughs> <laughs> I was... Uh, <laughs> I was on the other end of the spectrum, but then when the twins came, uh, and, and I was so blessed to have grandkids, like I said, I didn't know I was going to have any, um, they became my focus, and I was, I was teaching Sunday school. I don't want to minimize the importance of my faith yeah. and my love for God's Word. Yeah. Uh, what do I study now? I study God's Word, yeah. prepare Sunday school lessons. I did that. Mm for a number of years with high school girls, uh-huh. with students you yeah. know, that I had. Did it for a few years uh, with college and career age kids. And then I pulled back because I was taking care of those twins. Yeah. And then, and God does have a sense of humor. Um, our Sunday school teacher in our, in our age group, uh, he started having serious health issues. And I ended up teaching that class. Oh, gotcha. And so who do I teach now? The 70-year-olds and the 80-year-olds and the 90-year-olds. You know what I mean? They're, I'm one of the youngsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so doing Bible study with them every Sunday is a pure blessing. Um, but the people of Guthrie are extraordinary. Yeah. Outstanding people. Yeah. Um, I think what you have done has been wonderful and has benefited us and reminded us time and again uh, to keep on loving each other yeah. and uh, loving our little community, yeah. what we do. Yeah. That's good. I love Guthrie. That's good. That's yeah. good. Now, a couple of more questions. Sure. Where's your parade spot? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me that. <laughs> Because <laughs> I thought, man, I've never been asked that question. <laughs> Let me think. What's my price spot? Well, I came up with two answers. It would either be on the um, flatbed truck of the class of eighty, uh, class of sixty-five, on the, in the homecoming parade, or I would be a twirler. <laughs> I went through a phase when I was uh, in grade school. I would pick up the fireplace poker, yeah, the wrought iron, <laughs> you know, with the two hooks Yo, in it, yeah. and twirl <laughs> when mom wasn't home. Uh-huh. Uh, but because it would drive her crazy, you know, it was heavy. You couldn't yeah. twirl it uh-huh. like a baton. Yeah, yeah, you were But I would try it. and toss it in the yeah. air. 
Uh, you hurt I, yourself. Oh my! Well, I hurt the piano bench. Oh! It hit the piano bench one day, knocked out a little chunk of wood in the oh. piano bench, and that kind of ended it because that, I couldn't hide that from my mom. Uh-huh. So she was mad the piano? at me when I'd pick up that. Do you play the piano? Poker. I took uh, piano lessons when I was in the fourth grade. Hated it. I wanted to be outside playing. I didn't <laughs> like my teacher. Uh, I was shy. Can you believe that? I you was, were shy? I was shy. I am still shy in social situations. You are? Yes. I was shy. Uh, recitals were horrible. I mean, it was a bad dream that I was going to have a recital. Uh, <laughs> I, I lived through the first recital. Uh, the second recital was some months later. And I had not prepared well. I didn't really know the songs. Yeah. I knew I was going to make a fool of myself, yeah. embarrass my parents. I knew, it was just awful. I was dreading it. My mother had made this beautiful sky blue dress for me to wear. Um, the night of the recital, before we leave the house, I've got that blue dress on, and she comes up to me and says, Lou, let me look at you a minute. Oh, no. I had caught the chicken pox. From my brother. He had had them a few weeks earlier. God is good. (laughs) God is so good. I didn't have to go to that recital. That was the last of my piano lessons. God is good. That is so good. That is so uh, funny. So I had about nine months of piano lessons. And so we did. I uh, inherited my mom's. She's she's still living. As a matter of fact, happy birthday, mom! You, she was ninety eight yesterday. Oh wow! She's at golden age. Uh, but there came a time when I got her piano, and so I I enjoyed playing by myself. Nobody else could hear. I would buy sheet music, and you know it. I it was it was fun, yeah. but um, I have a bad back, and doing this kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. brings on back aches gotcha. so I eventually had to quit and I, I sold the piano but I, I don't play the piano yeah. <laughs> alright I got, a, I got a couple of questions either you, you, okay. uh, which one which one are you uh, if you have an option are you going out to eat or are you cooking at home out to eat where are you going the last this concrete sequential person <laughs> who always has to have a plan my husband can tell you, and it would be the truth, I never have a plan for dinner. What are we going to have for dinner? I don't know. What do you want? I do not like to cook. Got you. Because I don't like to clean up. Uh. Uh, I'm not a very good cook. I have two things that I have confidence in. Fried okra, which I love, and I have a hot fudge sauce that I make that's really good. So your boy's... There's no asking for I out to eat. Let someone else fix it and clean it up. That's good. Yes, yes. If Richard says, "Oh, you want to go s- split a hamburger?" Yeah, yeah. Let's go do it. <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm mm, out yeah, to eat. Out to eat. And unfortunately, you know, I married <laughs> Richard. Spent 25 years in the landman business. He said, I want a home. He says, I want a a home cooked meal. When he came home. And so he he doesn't get it. He doesn't get good, well nourished. Sorry. In the winter, I'm grateful that he does like to make a pot of stuff. 
He'll okay. make a pot of chili, a pot of stew. You know. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. I'll clean Sorry. up your mess. Yeah, I'll clean it up. Because he is messy. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to go out. Okay, so are you taking a road trip or are you flying? Road. You're hitting the road. Do not like to fly. I don't really like to be uh, in the back seat of a car. I get motion sick. Gotcha. But I do not like flying. My first flight experience was horrible. My mother's brother lived in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and her sister lived outside of Indianapolis. And she took my brother and I on this trip. We flew to Charlotte, visited that uncle, flew to Indianapolis, visited that aunt, flew home. We were on three different planes. I threw up on each one. Oh, my goodness. And I wasn't able to sit with mother the first time. The, the trip to Charlotte, mom was sitting with my brother, Buddy, and I was, you know, separate from them and very shy. Very, you know, I get the bag and try and go. <laughs> I didn't even tell mom. You know, I was sick. And I walk out. You know, this is when you walk out and down uh -huh, the steps. Uh -huh. This is before airports were like that. And I remember just handing the air stewardess my bag that I had just thrown up in. Gotcha. <laughs> Mother didn't know. But, no, I I don't like airplanes. Gotcha. They're convenient for me to get to my son, Mark, who is in South Carolina. And so I will fly. fly. To, but yeah. uh I'd much rather drive as long as I can be in the front seat. Because in the back seat, I might get sick. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> we know now. All right. Here, um, do you think people, uh, why do you think people don't believe we really went to the moon? Why, say that again. Why do you think people don't believe we really went to the moon? Oh, I don't know. I always thought, I, I watched it on TV and it looked quite real to me. <laughs> you know, I I was a I was when did that happen? 1962. I wasn't born. I don't know. Well, it was it was I, I uh, guess I can still know. JFK yeah. wanted to go to the moon. Uh and it was right before he was assassinated, which was a high school memory, the assassination of mm. JFK. I everybody remembers that day. 1969. Oh, 69. Yeah, he wanted to go to the moon before uh, Russia. the 60s. Before the 60s. Oh, ended. I thought he wanted to get there before somebody else got well, there. Well, he, he, definitely. <laughs> but the goal the goal was to do it by the end of that decade. Okay. And they did. And I watched it on TV. So you saw him go there? Yeah. It's, I mean, I saw... I When they were showing it live on TV, when Neil Armstrong was getting out of the craft that they were in. and Yeah. Getting on the moon. And you saw all playing that. On, yeah. It was live on TV. It looked real. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why people okay. would Here's doubt that. Here's your next one. You can you can definitely get this one. Raising kids and being a school teacher was? Rewarding and hard. Yeah. <laughs> Rewarding and Balancing hard. Balancing the two seemed like. Okay, well, when I if you're talking about the balance, yeah, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. However, uh, one of the advantages of being a classroom teacher uh, is that it does meld well with your kids' schedules. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that helps financially because you don't need. Child care expenses. Yeah. 
uh, when they're on Christmas break, you're on Christmas break. You know, there are, to that degree, it worked very well. You know, and that, and I guess that's one reason why, so often, particularly in grade schools, it's women, when they have small children, that schedule works well. You know, my boys could hop on a bus that bring them out to the high school. Yeah. Um, Made it. Yeah, you know, it 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 worked well, but it is. It's very rewarding, but it's hard. Yeah. Too. And it pulls at your heartstrings for lots of reasons, sad reasons, happy reasons, you know. It's hard. Holding people accountable. Yeah. Them holding me accountable. <laughs> All of that. All of that. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. of that. Um, what else would you have been if not a teacher? This You're going to find this really unbelievable because I really did want to be a teacher. But I had little daydreams. I was a fantasy person. I loved books. I loved movies. I knew I had read Gone with the Wind a dozen times. I've seen the movie six or seven times. You learn the the lines, the scenes. Uh-huh. In my bedroom when I was in, I don't know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. No, it would have been no, it would have been sixth, seventh grade. I acted out the scenes in my bedroom. Oh, so you wanted to be an I would have I think I could have been, been an actress because I could have been in a make believe world. I can see that, it. I, I can see it. But I don't know. <laughs> no can, one else. I can see it. I had to take speech in the seventh grade. You had, <laughs> you had a semester of speech, a semester of art. You had a semester, you uh-huh. know, blah, 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 blah. Was, uh, or nine weeks. It was actually nine weeks. And so I remember having to memorize something and say it in front of the class. It was traumatizing. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. You did it. You made I, it happen. I memorized Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> Little orphan Annie's come to our house to stay to wash the cups and saucers and sweep the crumbs away, to shoo the chickens off the porch and sweep the hearth, and then that's all I can remember. That's it. I was about to say <laughs> you, the, you still it have was, it. It was the the goblins will get you if you don't watch out. Uh-huh. It was one of my mother's favorite poems. That's good. All right, here's the last one. Um, what is your favorite? Well, I got two more. What's your favorite part about living in Guthrie, America? My favorite favorite part about living in Guthrie, America. Well, I can't emphasize enough the people, the small town atmosphere. Uh, I love knowing my plant, my plumber. I love knowing my kids' teachers. I love knowing my doctors. I love knowing the handyman. I love going to Walmart and seeing <laughs> people you know, stopping and visiting. So you I don't love do that. You that wasn't in Oklahoma City. Yeah. you didn't know anybody. Yeah, in you didn't run into anybody. My teachers weren't people. Yeah. I, I didn't know them at all, even in the classroom, because very few of them uh, were warm. <laughs> Got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't think of them as being married or having families. Or <laughs> My mother used They're to machines. say, yeah, mother used to say, well, even the Queen Elizabeth has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's right. You I'm can't like, really? imagine. Yeah, you can't imagine that. You know, Miss Hanger has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I can't believe it. And so I like, I like that. I like knowing the yeah. people that I'm working with, that I'm depending on, that I can call on. Mm-hmm. Uh, small town living is wonderful, and Guthrie is just, it's it's just perfect. So, Jewel, what does choose Guthrie mean to you when you hear that? 
well for us, we clearly chose Guthrie because I wasn't born here. My husband wasn't born here. We didn't have any family living here. Yeah. Uh-huh. We chose Guthrie. We yeah. chose the small town atmosphere. Uh, we chose uh, raising our boys here, knowing their friends, knowing their friends' parents. Uh, we we chose our church family, uh, and it is it's it's family, and um, it I I'll just they'll just have to bury me here. We've got. We've got our plot. You got your plot. Okay. <laughs> they're they're going to bury us here. Um, so I, I like it. I liked being involved with my son's FFA program. Hmm. Uh, here, city girl out there, halter breaking a steer mm. in the muck. Yeah. Going and watching my oldest boy show steers. A blast. Yeah. Would I have been able to do that in Oklahoma City? No. No. Uh, watching Greg. And his love for baseball, going to baseball games, uh, rooting them on. Now I've got a grandson playing baseball. I've got Cameron running uh, track and cross country and uh, going and rooting for them in this small town. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Sometimes that may be a disadvantage, but not very often. Yeah, not very often. Not very it's, often. But sometimes. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Mister, the ninth grade. <laughs> living in a small town ninth grade teacher came in one day into the uh, teacher's lounge and he said well Lou I saw uh, I think it was Greg might have been Mark I saw Greg turning a corner on two wheels the other day <laughs> see now, that's, that's one that's one yeah, as a student it's not disadvantage yes, yeah. yeah that's the disadvantage well yeah. Yeah, they got well, tattled on something. Miss Ireton, thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate this. I, had I can a listen. Good time. I hope I didn't uh, go too far afield on you. <laughs> no, no. It's that's. I think that's what it's about. That's what I enjoy about just listening. Okay. You know, well, to the to, to the people who have great stories, and you have great stories, thank and you've and you're and you're someone that you're a legend in the community. So. So it's an honor for me. So thank you well, so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you yeah, and what thank you do you. for Guthrie. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. God's uh, God's good. That's that's what I say about that. Yeah, it's, yes, all, it's all good. him. Mm-hmm. It's all him. You mm-hmm. know. So he's uh, so good. Uh, we are on a mission to have every story told of the amazing people doing life here in Guthrie, America, and who are from here. Will yours be next?